is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Ready to get you guys and girls ready for the next two hours. And as Justin and I look like we should be around uh, Doug McLean's RV. We do look very outdoorsy right now. If we needed to chop wood or something, people wouldn't even flinch seeing us do it. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee. We're going to get you teed up. Toronto Maple Leafs and the San Jose Sharks. Get you teed up around the National Hockey League. Am I reading this correctly? 10.30 start? It's not even a 10. What is San Jose doing? San Why Jose, 10.30? They why, why do are, we need the extra hour, uh, half hour here? They're always 10.30. There, I, every, there must be something with, like, the traffic there or something. Well, they, no, I don't, is San Jose Excuse a my traffic voice, town? By the way. No, it's I'm completely normal. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, a little raspy. Kind of. <laughs> a know. little sultry. It's not bad. But, no, I – and the worst part is it's always 12 or 8 or 11 minutes after the time they say they're going to drop the puck. So we're looking at a 10.42 EST puck drop tonight. Will you be watching? Well, yes, because I will be, in fact, doing a post-game show with one J.D. Bunkus on Leafs Talk. Kimber, the hot is new podcast. situation. It is hot. People should listen. Um, will you tape and watch, or will you stay up and watch? Or just not watch? I <laughs> don't know. Like, what, what time did I open up a bottle of wine? <laughs> uh, 2.30, if I recall. I, the check moment your, the show ends. I might, like, I might go for the pregame nap. Like, get home, eat some dinner, wow. and then sleep for an hour or two to watch. Well, you it. could do that once I'm out, it's over. That's I, it. I just can't. I used to look forward to these late games for the Raptors and Leafs and even Jays. I used to love the late West Coast games. When you were young ones. When I was younger. Now it's like, oh, my God, I am dreading this. Now he's talking about having a pot belly. He's talking about so it. He's got I, a gold I, watch like it's 1998. I, I am old enough to tell you when they – Used to go out to L.A. Yeah. All we had was the radio. For those games? For those games. Well, there was just uh, L.A. Yeah. There was no, I don't know, maybe there was a California Golden Seal somewhere there, but yeah. uh, that was 10 o'clock. I'd be in bed with a transistor radio listening to the Leafs play. I'm going to say just about the dumbest thing I've ever said on this show. What is a transistor radio? Like, what made it's it different a, it, from a normal radio? Isn't that what we're on? <laughs> That's like our whole thing. Now I'm really old. <laughs> That's what they used to call it when I was a kid. Okay, but it was hey, just like a radio. It was, it was radio? ran by, it was, it was ran by Sam the Dinosaur. <laughs> the steam actually got it going. Oh, you're running, Derek, keep running that for the next two hours. Uh, we're, we haven't even touched the 8-track yet. shovel coal into the engine of the radio. Cassettes and 8-tracks are next. <laughs> I remember as a kid looking at my clock radio going... There was a like a little window, a little space. I'm like, well, why can't they invent something that would just show a hockey game on that? Really? You Swear missed an God. opportunity, Mr. Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. I was I was right there. You were. I you was had, right you there. Had the first nugget. All right, the Leafs <laughs> go into California for the fifteenth time, one five, yeah. where they'll play consecutive games with LA, San Jose, and Anaheim. And they're all-time record in California is what, Mr. Sammy? Uh, that's all-time. It's 18, 19, 3, and 2. This is their chance to finally get out of the gutter. They can be above 500 in California. So 
they um, have been swept on this trip five times. That they've gone out there and not got a win. Well, there was an era. Really? Yes. I would have never guessed I have swept. The, I have the years that they five were swept. Times. Would you like Let's to? hear the years. Yes. Okay. The years were 2007, 2008. Pretty predictable. Uh, it was 2014, 2015 when they were legitimately the worst team in the league. Yeah, that was. Uh, and what? Kings that, were winning the cup? Let's or? go for Austin Matthews. 2016, 2017, 0 2 and 1. And they were swept in 2019, 2020, right before the pause, before the bubble. And like the LA teams weren't, or sorry, California teams weren't even good then. Yeah. So they, and I mean, last year they went out there and they did pretty well. They yeah. went out there and they won all three games. They scored 15 goals and had four goals against in okay. three games in California. So that's something they're looking for based, this weekend. Based on what we've seen to start in seven games. Mm-hmm. Are we happy with a two and one? Or in or, any or scenario, the one's going to hurt unless it's LA, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're happy with two and one. Okay. Two and one's fine. Take two and one. Yeah. Maybe. Definitely. Definitely live with two and one. I would like to go have them win tonight, have them win against LA on Saturday night. And then if you're going to lose, lose in the second half of the back to back. And you can come home and you would have a three and two road trip and then you get going at home. That would, be my, that. that would be what I would live San with. San Jose is not very good, boys. This team so far is 2-7-0. and um, They are last in the NHL in terms of goals for. They just do not score goals. Sammy's got it here that Sharks have scored two or fewer goals in seven of their nine games, going 0-7-0 in those games, 2-0 and when they've scored three goals or more. So the question is, can they score three goals? Leafs have Eric Schalgren in net. Hopefully the team is good enough in front of them that that's not the case, but you never know. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, when you think about what this trip used to look like, like in those eras when they were getting, you know, going. Getzlaff, Perry, well, Anaheim, about, LA, Cup years. And thinking about, and San Jose was San Jose a wagon was the too. The bunch, with, maybe. with Marlowe and Thornton, when they were really good, they never got over the hump, obviously, but they were a really tough team. This used to be the worst trip for these Eastern teams going through there. So it's definitely changed. Definitely changed a little bit, but I think LA is definitely the best team of the three, but they're still not great this year. Different vibe for sure. Different vibe. In about 40 minutes, we'll get Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre- and post-game, uh, former Leaf general manager. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, California with him. And then in the second hour, Brett Hedigan will be joining us. Over 1,000 games, Stanley Cup champion, and now doing uh, analytical work with the, sh- the Sharks and NBCSN. We'll talk about maybe the Sharks' troubles this year, the early trip to Europe. Yeah, that didn't help. No, didn't help. Never helps. I'd be bitter Ever. about that if I was them. No. Like, particularly if your team that's struggling with a new coach, like you want to get the ball rolling in a positive direction, that stinks. Sheldon Keefe will uh, start us off with uh, Kipper's Clippers on lineup changes, and then we'll come out uh, and discuss. Sheldon Keefe. Obviously, we, we haven't been scoring in... In addition to scoring, just controlling play the way we'd like to, particularly from our bottom six. So looking to get a little bit of a, of a different look, a different balance there. I think uh, Bunton's presence on that line, I think, presents us some, some additional opportunities at offense, especially you, you put Malkin in there as well. So looking to get a little bit more from that group that way. And at the same time, I uh, wanted to give Kerfoot a look on the wing. So accomplishes a little bit of... Uh, both of those things, and it keeps the Tavares line intact and 
uh, wanting to get a ball back with camp as well. So just really looking to accomplish those things and that's the right balance for us. A media is tough, eh, when you when you interview Sheldon on the tarmac? <laughs> standing beside, standing beside the air conditioning unit, drying his hair. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. is that what, he, is, what is going on? Usually, like I can get the. Usually, it sounds good. They have a good spot, but they must have been doing it right by the filtration system. Or, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Or something. So, a rare, a rare off day for the sound clips for for Kip, uh, for Kipper's Clipper. But yeah, the the point remains the same. I think he has no idea what he's going to get from his lineup on a night to night basis, and he's just trying to throw it in the blender, like putting Malgan back in. What? What did you see from him that earned another look? I do love the nickname of Denny Mulgan. It's not Malgan. It's now what you're ticked off at. What do you mean? It's he's in because he's so mad at his lineup right now. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a lack of options, and someone's got a lack go in. of options, and somebody exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see what's going on here a little bit. They feel like they're not getting offense from the bottom lines. Like, bunting, Yarncroft, Malgan is just, like, not a line that's going to be a long-term plan, I don't feel like, for this team. But I like the idea of trying to get something going a little bit. Trying to get bunting on the board. Trying to get Yarncroft a couple of goals here. You know? You feel like the San Jose offense probably isn't going to bite you. You can take a chance with that line. I don't mind that. As far as the lineup goes, where, where do you guys want to go? You want to go Kerfoot? You want to go Kampf and Engvall? Where do you want to start? I want to start with Kerfoot. Okay. And I, this could be a um, a world premiere debut because I, I don't think I've ever heard Kerfoot ever on any comments, certainly not on a Kipper's Clipper. Is this the first He might have Kermit Kerfoot? the Frog's voice. We this, don't know. This is, is this the first Kerfoot? Show, Alex Kerfoot. I think this is Alex Kerfoot's very first time i'm excited well yeah it's actually a pretty good clip maybe we should play him more okay let's let's go to kerfoot yeah i mean i don't think that like i thought that we started off our line uh me kelly and pierre i thought we started the year off pretty well the last two games we've been we haven't been very good um so i don't really view it as a as a promotion obviously you're, you're playing with them but i think that we know that we have to we have to play better as well, and um, I think that the whole group needs needs to play a little bit better. So it's just about shaking it up and going from there. See, he's already up a notch in my books, just from the mere fact that he is smart enough to understand that I'm I'm on a big line and it's not a promotion. No, a very uh, intelligent comment from a guy who I believe went to an Ivy League school, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there you go. Yeah, he maybe played Harvard. Yeah, Harvard. Heard school? of that place? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, point. he makes the point that he's like, yeah, I didn't earn my way up yes. here. Basically, everyone else failed their way apart, and we had to be reassembled in some form. So, you know, set expectations low. I think that's good. We did that with our show yesterday, which we said would yeah. suck. It was yeah. okay. People thought it was above expectations. And I'm I'm okay with a Kerfoot. I just don't necessarily think that I'm during a regular season he can find his way he he's got good vision mm-hmm. he can make plays he can he's fast like yep. there's a lot of stuff that can he can help that lineup they're probably more in love with him than i'd like i think them to really be like him yeah well listen in the sense is too he's a pretty popular guy off the ice the, the players yeah. love him they like him he plays every position on the team apparently every spot in the lineup you know he does whatever he's asked he doesn't complain uh, fantasy football. Yeah, he's like the the guy who puts all his time into that, so the guys get a kick out of him. Like he seems like a pretty. Let, let's just pause on that for a second. That's no easy 
job. <laughs> being a fantasy what? football commissioner? Being the commissioner. I, I, of a would, fan- I would hate it. I have. I was never the guy to plan parties. <laughs> yeah. I was never the guy to, like, uh, book the reservations for dinner. Are you yeah. now? Uh, for you guys, I don't know. We two summer, so three of us. I can I can get us a foursome, you know, no so, problem. So listen, I have one of my good buddies who's been doing it forever, and he every year is like, "This is my last year being the commissioner." Oh, this it's is terrible. My last year. You're gonna have guys sending you stupid gripes about stupid stuff. Yeah. I I became the captain of my beer league team this year, like as in. I have to, you know, connect, collect all the money and talk uh. to the league. I'm the league rep now because I wanted to keep it going. <laughs> it's awful. So don't – just pause on that. Uh, it's a big responsibility to be the fans. That's football. why you can't trade this guy. You got to keep Kerfoot. I think it was Saturday night uh, after hours that they had Luke Shen, and he told a story about taking the boys, uh, the team, to Philadelphia, and he spoke of a restaurant that he – absolutely loved and he mm-hmm. said I'll, I'll look after it i'll take care of it yeah so about 10 of them went and they're all excited because luke really built this place up and <laughs> they get to the front door and it's like uh we don't have a table for 10 <laughs> <laughs> and they're like no one no, called no. ahead or... i don't know if, i don't know if luke didn't call ahead yeah. or or they lost his reservation, but now they got like two or three tables with three guys here and three guys there. And it's like, you think he's not going to hear that the rest yeah. of the year? No, that's it. That's uh, it. And that's why you don't want to be that guy. No, you don't want to be the planning guy in but case it goes wrong. But this is outside of hockey and Leafs. But there are those types of people who love it, who are just but every team needs one. They're naturally good at it. No, no. Every, and I'm not that guy. Every team needs one. For they, sure. A Super Listen, Bowl. Every office needs one. Super Bowl, uh, pools, yeah, right, all of it. Joe, Joey Kosher was ours. Bring people together. Oh, yeah. really? The toughest That's guy surprising. in the league. Yeah, and Joey Kosher was our guy to, you know, if he didn't have a pen and paper to mark down anything <laughs> like, or or who owes what, yeah. when, and why, and there it is right here. Yeah. Everybody well, needs but, one. But if Joey's the treasurer, you're paying, right? Like, <laughs> no one's yeah, Joey you're Kosher. not welching out on that guy. <laughs> yeah. You got a crack in the head. Yeah. Oh my god! That so at fair. least Bunting seems to be in a good spot with the Leafs. Before you do that, do you want to hear Matthews on playing with Kerfoot? I can take that the other way. There we go. Let's let's okay. go to Matthews on having Kerfoot beside him. Oh, you know he's. Uh very versatile so i think he's a very easy guy to play with and obviously uh skates really well sees the ice um you know we played a little bit before together so i think um you know we definitely have a good feel for each other out there so we'll try to you know try to make it work and uh obviously uh you know go out there and try to produce and have some fun sheldon tell you why the lines are changing uh i know <laughs> why would you do that i am the player uh no <laughs> see that's where he's got to be like Austin Matthews, when he was asked about Arizona, and he's like, Really? Do I have to answer this question for seventh consecutive season? Should I explain how the player coach dynamic works? So they he, post a line. I play uh, on that line. Yeah. Do you know why uh, the coaches <laughs> change the lines? It's like, have you been uh, watching no. the games? <laughs> Listen, are you have you been on I the have same one goal? Mitch has have you one been goal. on the same planet yeah. as us <laughs> in the last two weeks? I gotta really tell you why. But on the flip side of that, we always talk about we had the whole week's worth of shows about the communication and him calling out his stars and whatnot. Keith seems to be a big time communicator. I think it's a fair follow up being like, did he communicate with you why they changed sure. up the lines? Because it seems like he prides himself on that. No, like, I think it's a fair question to ask. 
I think it's great that he said nothing. I appreciate that right. he's like, these are the lines, guys. You How much worse would it be, though, if the answer is yes, that, like, Sheldon is going to him and saying, like, can I change your line, LeBron? Like, is it okay if, if I play <laughs> you, you with someone you else? Like, if I put someone up there with you? <laughs> yeah. No, I just, uh, I can see the flip side of it where he would have communicated to them about well, it. Well, did I say this on the show, Kipper? Do you know who's leading the team in even strength goals so far for the Leafs? Uh, Nick Robertson? Close. Uh, David Kampf with two. So I'd share that little fact. Yeah. So when you ask someone why they're changing up the first line, yeah. like that's your answer. A good follow-up uh, to your comment, Sammy, is listening to Sheldon Keefe on re- reuniting Kampf and Engvall. Let's have a listen. Well, I, I think both of them have the ability to skate the puck down the ice and uh, also track and be good on defense. Um, so we're looking for that to continue. It, you know, Pierre, we're trying to get a little bit more uh, offensively uh, going this season with that line with Kerfoot and Yarncrock, but it hasn't really connected for us that way. So we're back with this look. And, and those guys played uh, with Camp and Ingvall together, played good uh, good minutes for us and tough minutes for us at key times last season. So we need to get more out of Pierre. You know, I'm coming back in the lineup the other night, not go as I would have expected it to. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, he's got to find another level here, but at the same time, I've got to help him find that groove. You know what I got out of that? No. I've got to help him. I like that. Yeah? Yes. I like that. It didn't, it came on the tail end of, it didn't go how I expected it to, which felt like a bit of a dig. It, yes, and it's okay to acknowledge yeah. that. But the last statement he said. Yeah. Is now he's starting to wear what his job is to do, and that is prepare the best they can and help these guys. Yeah. And that's what they need right now. They're stuck. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> well, not don't help them that much. <laughs> but yeah. that that's the that's a responsibility of the coach. It's yeah. sometimes you're you're you look over your shoulder and you're I'm trying out there and I'm frustrated and I, I just I, I need something. The problem is is the coach. You're sitting there in the coach's office and anytime you give someone more responsibility or opportunity, it comes at the cost of someone else, right? Like, you know, someone else who would play those minutes or whatever. And that's the job of the coach is how do I help everyone how do I get the most value out of the most people, not just how do I build up this player, that player, or whatever? This does seem like a good chance to build up multiple people. I like the line with Aston Reese and Camp and Engvall. They should do, in theory, good things. To me, though, it's interesting that you don't often hear a, a coach talk about where a guy is going in the lineup and just completely changing what his mindset is on the ice. Like him talking, being like, he's, we want him to be offensive. And now it's like, ah, you're back being the defense guy. Yeah. You know, he, we tried him being offensive here. We tried to have him be more of an offensive threat. See, and he wasn't. To me, this, is, this gets a little dangerous for Sheldon here. Mm-hmm. Because you've already got your biggest stars right now needing offense in the worst way. Yeah. I'm not sure it's a great idea to lead Engvall into we need more offense for you because I think all that ends up doing is running the risk that these guys start cheating yeah. a little bit more than they've already been accustomed to. And that's you don't need it from that line. And you've already the, made a Mulgan bunting third line. You don't need the fourth line to score. How, how many guys are in dire need of a goal? Yeah, most of the team. Can, most of the team. And to put now Engvall... Like, 
I, I just don't know that I want Engvall going out there thinking he needs right. offense. He's that's that it would be great, but I need you six foot four, six foot five to skate hard, yeah. finish a check like you showed a couple of days ago, lean on people. Be hard on the puck. Let's just start there and being on the right side of the puck. So in hearing you say that, like what is the best case scenario for what Pierre Engvall becomes in his career? So we find out Engvall retires. Yeah. He's, you know, he's had a good career. What does it look like? To me, it's not that he became a guy who scored 20 consistently. It's that he's a guy who embraced these other things. Being a fourth line defensive guy, penalty killer, physical on the four check, 11, 12 minutes a night, like great career. Teams would love to have someone who would do those things. I don't think Pierre Engvall is going to become I, this Mikheyev, you know, what, fancy he, he could, fill in guy. He could score eight or 10 goals and great. have a hell of a season. Yes. He could score 20 and make $2 million a year. What he needs to do is just be hard to play against. 100%. How many times have. We've been on the ice, and I'm like, oh, my God, not him again. Oh, he's got, like, these octopus arms, and every time I think I got him beat, he swings his arm, he knocks the puck. I, I just hate playing against him. I can't – I have no success against him. I can't get around him. Just be that guy that people look at and go, yeah, I don't want to play against that guy. You would have to convince him to be that guy. Right, because right now you're giving him mixed messages about what you want him to be, and I don't think what they're asking him to be more offensive minded is helpful to the Leafs. Although they need offense all over, but and that that to me is a sign of success. And there's no analytics on that, right? Some so, people make so, that change, and so, it impresses. You know, me. again, this is where you know, we sit here and I say useful or useless, mm-hmm. but there are some stats that the analytics who have never played the game cannot understand who is hard to play against. Yeah. There are some with some bad to, numbers yeah. that are hard to play against. I also think there's some people who it doesn't reflect, their numbers aren't reflective of the greater influence they have, whether it be Ryan Reeves or, you know, I talked about Ilya Labushkin the other day, where you don't know who you're on the ice against, so you're hesitant because they might be out there. And I, I don't think we quantify that well right now. So I don't know if Engvall will ever be that, but be some fantasy anyway. No. We- <laughs> and the answer is no. And this is probably his last kick at the can with the Leafs, no? Like, do you think they're going to bring him back next year? Not, free agent? not unless he'll play for $1 million instead of 2.2 or whatever he makes now, 2.25. I don't know. Can he still find himself in a position where he makes people forget about McKayev? I guess there's still lots of season left. Like, in all honesty, I I, I kind of heard that between the words Sheldon just had is, you know, we lost 20-plus goals out of Mikheyev. You were kind of supposed to slide in there and, and, and pick it up where it left off. Well, and didn't he didn't he get 15 last year or something? I'm going to check Engvall's numbers last year. All right. So we had discussed, I think, on Tuesday that, and I kind of suggested yeah, that last year. you need to protect Samsonov a little bit here moving forward. He's given you a solid uh, start to the season. And sure enough, they go to Shalgren. You guys okay with that tonight? Yeah, I guess. 
I think I think you put your backups in a position to succeed, right? You don't want Shalgren. Sometimes you see coaches say, ah, it's almost like we'll give them the harder game and we'll save our, you know, the good stats and the good numbers for our goal. You got to put Shalgren in a position to succeed. Um, going through advanced offensive stats for San Jose, worst expected goals, worst shot creation, worst, worst, worst. Like Shalgren, in theory, if you're ever going to play him in the NHL, it's Arizona. Didn't go great, but not for Shalgren and San Jose. So. Yeah, I like it. If you think Samsonov need nights off, which I, I don't know. I does just he? think I, I think you don't want to push it. That's all. With Shalgren or with no, Samsonov? No, with Samsonov tonight. Yeah. I, I I like it. Yeah. Okay. I do. I think. Come on, it's it's a long season, and regardless of where Matt Murray comes in, you need you need some space here on guys that aren't first of all regulars coming in with solid reputations Mm -hmm. and uh have them have them have a good rest of the week get some good practice in and just uh, feel good about going into the weekend back to samsonov yeah i'd like to know where shalgren fits in the league in terms of third string goalies you know like if he's a good one or a bad one compared to what other teams have because he feels about appropriate right you're not comfortable with him but he could do it if the game goes well to me just every third goalie in nhl is the same person. <laughs> just all interchangeable parts. So, like they should just all get together and then just rent one. Yeah, like, or just like a Chesswood <laughs> Arena. You go to the board. Um, Shawgrand for ninety dollars. I'll yeah. take them. I don't. I don't hate that idea. There's just, just like a bidding process with your cap space. Like if they took the other third goalie from I don't know, let's say uh, Detroit, whoever their third goalie is, and they. Brought him in. They put all Shalgren's gear on him with Shalgren's number, and they're like, "Here's, there's Eric Shalgren." I'd be like, "Yeah, looks like Eric Shalgren <laughs> to me." Right to me. To yeah. me, I just it's such a wash when it comes to your third goaltender. Like, if you're how many games in the season are we? Seven or eight? And we're already talking yeah. about leaning on Shalgren for two games on this trip. This was not the plan. No, so you just got to live with these games and hope that you get through them and he plays well. Uh, again. Was it the plan to go back to Simmons and Kyle Clifford in game six it's of the season? It's amazing how quickly the plan, the yeah. old, you know, you, everyone has a plan right. until they get punched in the mouth. They got, Literally. They got their teeth <laughs> shook up quick. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the night that Matthews gets going? Let's Let's hear from him. I mean, I've gone through these before, so I'm not sure it's a super unusual uh, situation. I mean, I just approach it kind of similarly. You just, you know, put in the work, have fun out there, shoot the puck, and, you know, once one goes in, hopefully, you know, just kind of get on a roll, get that confidence back, and just keep going, keep playing. Yeah. Sounds more like him. I think he's been great in interviews. Like, he does his best to be like, you know, do my best. What do you want me to do? Well, I got shot on the net 50 times in 50 games last year. I'll probably be all right. Some point here, I just can't help but laugh at him having to go out to face the media for the however many straight days he has scored a goal, and they're just like, "So, Austin, you didn't shoot it in the net again? How's that going, bud?" Like, yeah, I know. And he's just like, "Yeah, Trying. great." Oh, I haven't. I hadn't noticed. It's just such a funny thing to me. I, I just find it hilarious. I will say, I think he's looked better the last two games. He's gotten to more dangerous areas, got better shots. He got robbed by Thompson in Vegas. So tight. Yeah, like on the goal line. I'm calling it. Anything a though right? that you've seen that just doesn't look Austin like for me, it's a couple occasions missing the net. A couple mm-hmm. occasions uh, 
not being able to kind of get it away as fast as we've seen in the past? Is that Austin or is that teams cheating towards him? That's a good point. Teams, you know, cheating towards him is probably a thing. He's had very few shots that have not come with pressure this season. So that could, the defensive part of it could be a very real thing. I also think that you come off a playoff series against Tampa Bay where you're, you'll do anything to create a goal. You'll take cross checks to the neck. You're diving in front of pucks. Everything that matters is on the line. And then you come into the season. Everyone says only playoffs matters. And I think it's hard to tell yourself to like really get to the dangerous areas and to battle for space. I just think, you know, it's harder to get back in that mindset where he was last year. And don't you think when it's not going in, you try to be more perfect too? Like you guys both scored a lot of goals in your life. Like when you've gone to a couple games without getting a goal, you're trying to be a little more perfect. There's that that, that second guessing a little bit for sure. That happens, right? So I think that it does. It's human. But people are 33 shots in seven games. People are playing them. Really? Yeah. God, that, that's got to be the most in the league, no? It is fifth in the league behind McKinnon, Stamkos, Pasternak, Zibanejad, and Meyer. So it's sixth, sorry. Huh. Timo Meyer, San Jose Sharks, first in the NHL, 42 shots. Does, does he have a goal? Meyer, zero. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think he, I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe he's got one goal, but I, I, didn't, I knew that's he didn't have many. catch, Kipper. Wow. No goals. Think Do, about that for a you second. You that reminds you of? You think that guy's, uh, you think Austin's frustrated? How about that guy? You know who that reminds me of is Jason Blake. Remember? Jason Blake signed yeah. here. And oh, I don't remember any of that. You don't remember? No, of course I remember. I just <laughs> oh. don't remember him having like uh, well, I a remember, million shots. I remember it well because I defended the signing to the cows came home and I had buddies who didn't and I remember talking about it and I think he he was leading the league in shots with Ovi for the first month and I think he had one go in or something it was just he was so <laughs> yeah. snake put to start his career and it didn't happen for uh, another guy ago. who's in on this list this year is uh in Los Angeles they'll play as well Trevor Moore former Maple Leaf Trevor Moore 26 shots zero goals that's crazy that sucks yeah it's tough tough bounce tough non-bounces or Goals down overall? No, up overall. They are? Up. Highest they've been since 1992. Except in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, just in Toronto. <laughs> Legitimately. Could be the water. What? Mikheyev, man. They're man. Oh. <laughs> they, should, they should trade Nylander for Mikheyev and Labushkin. Uh, if you missed yesterday's the one show. Thing, Sorry, though, the, the one thing is with Mikheyev still is, man, he was fast. Yeah. There was just always an element when he was out there. Yes. That he was, his speed was a constant danger. Yep. He was long. And, and, he forechecked. And Engvall's a good, a, a good skater too. Great but, skater. But he does not have, he doesn't have the McKay. The interest. Pre, uh, oh. Presence. Yeah. He doesn't have that type of same feel when you watch. McKayev made the Leafs faster. You know what it is, Kipper? It's the good stick on puck. McKayev came in and he got his long arm with his long stick on the puck. Good stick, good stick, good stick. And then, you know, made the D kind of figure out where to go. You know, Engvall comes in carrying his stick like this, swinging it back and forth. And, you know, it's not on the ice half the time. D are able to pass it by him. I think the good stick forecheck thing is nice. It's killer for McKayev. So today was my... Writing day for the Toronto Star. I was just going to bring this up. Journal journalist, back at it. Um, I, I felt it was a good time to talk about Tavares because he's he's playing well. And Kip, uh, are you writing these? I am writing these. Did it's you really, like it? It's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the, the focus is on a guy right now, 
And it kind of dawned on me the other day that he is well past this seven-year deal. And the gist of the story for me is that remembering yeah. sitting on the desk with a panel, Sportsnet panel on uh, on that July first. Once, once upon a time, <laughs> I was a television analyst. Um, Call that for a few years. Yeah, and thinking that this is this is a good signing. Yeah, it's a good signing for many reasons. We were we had already started discussing the salary, but don't want to get there now. But the sense was that in three or four years, this is when it's the Leafs will be ready to win the cup and. You might have to eat a few of those years, and yeah, he's not—he's not a gifted skater like many of them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does labor. He's not slow. It's not slow. Yeah. It's not slow, and he gets to where he needs to get. But you could live with those back half years. That was always kind of the idea. Also, a- the cap was going to go skyrocketing up, and it wasn't going to be as impactful. Yes, but right. now you are now needing those back years. Yeah. And more importantly, there's a ton of pressure on him to to maintain you know, the status of being a point of game guy, and it's it's good that he's off to that start. Like it's it's coming off uh, a serious injury a few playoffs ago. Yep. He even took that slap shot, and you're watching it, and you're watching him barely get off the ice. Yeah, and uh, you're reminded right now, especially up against an Austin Matthews slump on. Pretty important guy right now. Hugely important. Gives them, you know, it has bought them time while the first line has kind of find, found their stride. But, you know, it's a good time to write about that, Kipper. He's in his fifth season of the seven-year contract, which, how did that happen? And, yeah, it's been good up to yeah. this point. But this kind of felt like, okay, here we go, the the back three years. Off to a good start this year. You did make some good points about what it did to their salary cap and how it changed the structure of other deals. So, you know, in the... If you could go back and not do that deal and see how it would affect the team, it would be fascinating. I don't think you can look at this deal in a vacuum and say it's been anything but good, but what else has it done? Well, the the ripple effect, and there's so much more I could have written, but, you know, I got a a day job. (laughs) I got a day job here on uh, uh, Sports F590. But the other thing, too, which... I noticed the most out of going back and thinking about it was the fact that the contracts, when they got done, there wasn't much uh, negotiations. There was not much hardball. And they could have almost easily set a self-salary cap and and, an internal salary cap with Tavares at eleven. Mm-hmm. And they could have had Matthews underneath, which meant that they could have got Marner underneath. And Marner was only uh, Marner would have settled for a a mill and a half behind Matthews, no matter what he got. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if if they would have played hardball a little bit, maybe Tavares may- would have come here for ten. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. What do you get from well, the big rumors that he turned down San Jose yeah. at 12 and a half or he, something? He was never going to San Jose, right. ever. He, they could have offered him 14. He like was not going there. All negotiations, just he, use someone for life. Was, their their he, cap page is happy. He was, on, that yeah. he was on the East Coast 
when you talk about the Rangers and the Islanders and half their trips are on buses and trains, he's not going to California yeah. for the next seven years of his career. Right, Toronto guy. And, yep. and jump into different time zones every other road trip. That 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 wasn't happening. But if they if they could have managed to get those numbers down, they would have had a lot more money this summer to 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 add the real depth. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And yeah, so it did have effect on other negotiations with other players. But you know what to me it was one of the things that transformed them from a team that was, you know, going to get good players. Lots of teams draft high high picks and then they say here we come but you know it kind of put them into that next echelon and made them competitive all these years where you know he gets hurt against montreal in what like the first period of the first game and that that hurt them in a significant way because the plan is built around having him contribute if he doesn't contribute well and that's like you're still on that fine line sammy where uh four or five years ago how's history gonna treat this signing from now? Yeah. Well, if they win, he's going to be here. The to, deal to, was always win and be determined. here or don't. And what? Is it still to be determined? If they win a cup in the next however many years with him as the captain, he will go down in history as an all-time Toronto Maple Leaf great. If they continue sure. to... Was the captain, you know, they, a we could point say that to point about anybody the last 50 plus years. Yeah, but, but you, guess that's what? the risk everyone takes. They come no here one and go all or nothing. No one won it. Yeah. So if he does, and listen, we're talking about a team that hasn't got out of the first round. So it's a hard conversation to have. But if, God forbid, one day, you know, praise be, they find a way to lift Lord Stanley's mug and he's the captain, he's going to go down in history as one of the best all time because of that. Yeah. But if and he doesn't, if, if, if it they doesn't, don't. What if they never win a round then this it, time here and he plays all oh, seven years? God. No rounds won. You just want to kick me in the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he probably just goes down as the contract was the reason that they didn't. It's one of the reasons they didn't get over the hump. They weren't I, I, able to have I, enough. So then chance. he's not welcome in Long on Long Island or in Toronto. I think he'd be welcome here. I think you think you're always gonna. I think a lot of people will always love him for coming for, for home. coming here for for picking Toronto for then, sure. His yeah. base salary is nine ten. By the way, what so. would be revisited as well was just the decision to. Trade Kadri, who had, who's, who, who, who the Leafs had the position of going into last season's first round on his old deal of, I believe, 4.5. Yes, Skipper. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, that, that dynamic as well that you traded in uh, two or three years at 4.5 of Kadri to jump to 11. And then you even watch today. And how much would the Leafs have loved Kadri at seven million today? But, but they didn't trade him because of contract stuff. That's not Kadri. why they traded Kadri. No, 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 no. Of, so, of like, course not. If they would have traded for that, they would have kept him because yes, that one made a hell of a lot more sense. Hundred percent. But and you didn't know. You didn't also didn't know Kadri was going to go from this fifty point guy to a ninety point guy. To me, the contract, the the, the, the Kadri, to me, the Kadri conversation is. Almost over with the Leafs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's it's worse now. No, I disagree because he wouldn't have signed here. The Leafs wouldn't have been able to... If un, Are in, you nuts? Listen. He turned down a deal to go to Calgary so he could stay a Leaf. Yeah, no. So he would have taken... He would have taken... Three million bucks to stay in Toronto in this world where they don't trade him. Like, why was it three million? Why wouldn't you just well, pay him 
market value. Because if he was going to go to Calgary this Aussie, let's say that trade never happened where Dubas never sends him yeah. to Colorado. Yeah. Why would he have stayed? He, the Leafs wouldn't be able to afford him if no, they have no, Tavares. No, 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 no. I'm going back, buddy. Without Tavares. I'm going back. Oh, okay. I'm going ah, back to right. say that, you know, you, 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 you essentially made the decision to get rid of Kadri and bring in Tavares to replace him. Yeah, I don't think that would. I think it was in addition to him because they had it such a sweetheart deal with Kadri. They had such a sweetheart deal with Kadri at whatever, 4.5, and they were able to add Tavares or how many more years would it have been with him? Three more years that he would have been able to play with, with Kadri? Kadri? Yeah. yeah, so I think they brought they, it they in, never, in addition. They never saw Kadri as a top six player. Well, that was a misread. And I don't know. If, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't think anybody saw this explosion coming, but it's not like he sucked before he got yeah. a lot he's of points. It's a, a highly touted prospect who scored a ton in junior. I mean, he had skill. How many times as a Leaf did we not did we watch him dangle and or on a shootout and go, this guy's got great hands. It's definitely one of the roster defining moves of the Kyle Dubas era is not having Nazem Kadri here. You know, yeah. particularly we talked about last God, lacking he's personality so good and now. He's so good now. He just lights it up. He's What's got it? no penalty minutes, guys. He's got 10 points already. He's on fire. Oh, and he looks like he's man. been a flame for his whole career wearing that jersey. He looks so you good know, in that red. But, <laughs> but to kind of share the story as well, on the side of Brendan and Kyle Dubas, is that there were some off-ice issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, Brendan had to suspend Big him time. two games on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were at their rope's end with him. They were. They ran out of patience. Yeah. They felt like he was never going to get it. He put the team in a bad situation because he had to go. Because he cared too much? He, because he cared too much. or well, He was he immature when tried he was to, here. Uh, yeah, he cared too much. Uh, no, he was immature. He, I mean, that's fair, Patrick, too. He did care. He Patrick Marlowe got absolutely body bagged into the boards from behind, and DeBrus- then he did it. The brusque just... You can't, can't be vindicating that stuff. The brusque just reeled him in on a couple of plays yeah. and just drove him nuts. And Listen, I'm the biggest Kadri guy. It broke my heart. The day it happened, never defended the trade, always hated it. And it just... I hate having this conversation, actually. I'm kind of sad now. Well, I didn't write <laughs> hey. about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote about other there. things. Anyways. Well, listen, uh, and the great news is that he seems to have recovered off of that sanding slap shot. Yep. That's not an easy thing to do a day day or two later. That thing could flare up pretty quick. That looked awfully painful. The perineal nerve, is that what that was? I don't know. Look bad. Okay, let's take a quick break here, and we'll get to Stelectricity. All right. Gord Stelic, after the break, you're listening and watching on our YouTube channel, Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Welcome to the... <laughs> don't, ask, don't talk to me. Real Kipper Show. I was on a Twix. I was on a Mars. Halloween candy time, baby. So your wife goes out and buys Halloween candy, and you raid it before Halloween. Just by the mitful, too. My bag's loaded. Yeah. No shame. Just screw the kids, eh? Who cares? I'm done with the kids. I think Gord Stellick's <laughs> a Twix guy. I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Who isn't? Who doesn't love a Twix? Sammy, where is he? I thought he was there. 
I'm here. Coffee Crisp <laughs> makes a nice light snack. Kit Kat. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't. I thought you guys were going to debate more about it. Yeah, but I, I'm a I'm a pretty well everything guy. But uh, I'm <laughs> the Coffee Crisp. <laughs> I think you know that. Who isn't? <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. How are you? I'm outstanding. I'm outstanding. Good. I remember on uh, Halloween, though, the Forbes family gave uh, they gave out Coke because I think the dad worked for Coca-Cola. And you went try to go back two or three times, but they always felt down in your pillow sack there to see if you'd been there before. I don't know why that was considered such a big coup, you know? So you could load up on all the sugar you want, um, but let's be honest. You're still going to be asleep by, what, 10.30, 10.45 tonight? <laughs> you're not making it through this one, Gord. Hey, hey, we got a hockey game tonight, pal. We got a hockey game tonight, so I, I, I am going to, I'm going to make Coke. it through this one. You're going to uh, take a pregame nap right now. I'm actually going to play tennis. Oh, How about wow! That? Yeah, yeah. You got me all Triple wrong, tennis. I JB do. JB knows me. I do. Yeah. So you're good for tonight. Uh, you'll be watching uh, real close here on if the Leafs can snap out of this. If math, if this is a perfect game for Matthews and, and Marner to light it up. Oh wait, I see they're on the West Coast. I'm not going to be watching it. So you better get another guest. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is a you, no, but you're right about that, Kippy. This is three games in four nights. You think about what the California-based teams used to be. They they got Peter Horachuk fired before he even started. You remember that he took over for Randy Carlyle. Uh, he went on this trip, and they had St. Louis to boot. And that was it. I know he made it to the rest of the year, but that team was dead after going through California. And now you got two brutal teams right now, plain brutal, San Jose and Anaheim. And L.A.'s competitive, but uh, uh, San Jose can't score goals. That's been their problem. But to your point about, uh, you know, getting getting the big guns going, that's, you know, the I believe it's going to happen. And, hey, why not now? Gord, what do you think of the way the lines are newly constructed here? Kerfoot goes up. Mostly I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on a line of Mulgan, Yarncrock, and uh, Bunting. Uh, you know, What are your thoughts on the, on the changes that the, the head coach has made heading into the California trip? Well, they really want Mulgan to succeed, don't they? They, they really sure want him do. to find a niche. He's obviously a, a bit of a pet that way. I, I you know, Bunting kind of said it's not it's not a demotion, but I think it, you have to take it as a demotion. Let's face it, that's uh, what... He took over from Nick Ritchie and really killed it on that line. So I, I, I just I, I just think, Justin, it's just about, um, yeah, to, to get it all going, to get some balance when you only have one line going. And it'll all come back at the end, you know. It'll all come back to what started. But uh, I, Sheldon Keefe, and we talk about it all. Everyone knows that this is uh, <laughs> everyone's everyone's viewed as a lame duck if they don't uh, if they don't have playoff success. Well, if they don't have regular season success, that's just going to magnify it. So you know, I, I like the fact that he's going to try different options because this is what didn't happen in the playoffs. Like he just didn't get other lines scoring to a satisfactory degree, say compared to what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year. You're the only one that's been a general manager uh, on this show. So I ask you, uh, how how involved were you when it came to lines? Or uh, if there was a little frustration, you'd call in a coach. Would you ask? Would you tell? How did it work for you back then? Uh, you, you know, I... By and large, I think if you get and Kippy, there's different ways of doing things. Obviously, you know that. And uh, but I, I just think if you get too much into the minutia, 
about that, then why is this guy, why is this person coaching your team is what I thought. I think, you know, personnel wise, um, you, you've got the call on things about guys going up and down or trades or what have you, you value the coach's input. I think the other way around about lines is um, you give them input. Uh, they, value your input sometimes by making a stronger case i think they maybe understand that you've got a strong feeling about it but it's you know it i, I don't ever remember you know saying you got to play kippy with born or, or whatever it may be it'd be more a suggestion so uh again uh, 32 different teams work 32 different ways but uh you to me you gotta like uh, brian burke always said when he's general manager he he tells the owners look uh, uh okay as long as i'm there uh, I'm going to advise you what's going on, but I got my hands on the steering wheel, and it's mine. And when you want to fire me, you can fire me. But I and and I I think the same can apply to the head coach as well. Kip and I would have hated playing with each other. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be dragging me into scrums after the whistle. I'd be like, Kip, we don't need to be doing that. Um, so, what are the complications for the Leafs when they look at Jake Muzzin? His situation here, he's, uh, we don't know how long he's going to be out. He's on LTIR. You know, the Leafs don't really know if they can replace him. What do you see as, uh, you know, the pickle they're in here? Man, just just depth on D, just depth on yeah. D in general. That's 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 the pickle. Do other people come up and and uh, and you know do what didn't happen with Travis Dermott or whatever it may be about you know can can Rasmus Sandy do that? I I, I think there's probably you know last year uh, the Labushkin type thing is probably something they have to look at again they keep the cupboards getting bare and bare of draft picks because you know you don't really like giving up a second round pick or whatever it may be for kind of a stopgap that doesn't lead to any playoff success but I I think Justin at some point particularly if Muzzin's out for a prolonged period of time and just you know just just you know hey you got what you got Patrick Liney coming back in in Columbus ahead of schedule you got Brad Marchand apparently coming to back in Boston and ahead of schedule and I, I I mean it just seems like like Jake Muzzin is just like like and him and him you know him and Matt Murray like there's no schedule so um so I, I i just just judging by the number of injuries in a short period of time I, I i find it hard to believe that'll get appreciably better so i i think you have to look for some kind of stop gap and you're not i mean you're just not going to get an elite defenseman they just don't get traded well and it's it's really early and uh i know that uh although jake jacob chikrin has joined arizona on the road trip for uh when they were in montreal He's not going to be playing probably to mid-November. Uh, is would you rather wait to see what he looks like, or would you go down another path here? Where where would you have the sense of urgency now to take Jake Muzzin's money and spend it elsewhere? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like again, when you equate urgency, that's always a bit of an element of panic. And when you look back at it, there was, you know, the the Nick Foligno mistake and that's no disrespect to him but just at the stage you were getting him at his career wasn't what he was two three four years earlier and I and and you gave up a lot and in Chickering's case he's going to cost a lot so uh, so you, you know and you don't really have a, a lot to give I mean maybe the kind of thing yes if you can if you can cut a deal get a contract all those kind of other things going then then that certainly will add value to it but uh, I yeah, yeah so urgency or panic I don't see at this particular point I'm just counting the bodies and unless you know unless there's a there's a pleasant surprise somewhere uh, that 
again, I'll go back, and you're right. You don't have to do it now as long as, long as you're comfortably in a playoff spot. But, you know, you lose two of these three games. Uh, again, you're not in trouble, but, you know, you're not comfortable. I mean, it's, it's, it, this can't be a bumpy ride in the regular season, okay? We've been through that before. This has to be a team that develops kind of like Carolina. You know, really, really, I mean, Vegas is going right back at it. I, and Vegas got killed by injuries last year, but just, okay, we can't screw around, okay? We got we to gotta have a regular season that there's, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. And that's kind of the Toronto Maple Leafs situation. You know, there's sort of a, a weird situation with this team where we know it's they have to win now. We know that we know who the core of the team is, but they have a lot of UFAs that expire after this year. And I was talking with McKee before the show. A guy who doesn't come up very often who they love, he seemed to love, is David Kampf. This guy's a UFA at year end. You know, they, they use him all the time. They use him in, in sort of a defensive role. How eager do you think they would be to you know, sign a guy like David Camp. You know, Pierre Angval's a, a UFA and Alex Kerfoot's a UFA, but I don't know. Camp's an interesting case. I don't know what he would cost, but I really think they value the guy. Yeah, you know, Justin, it's everyone focuses on Austin Matthews for starters, and then you got Nylander coming up, Marner's a year late. I mean, sort of the big guns. And of course, last year it was Morgan Riley. He was the next one at that level, and they got that one done. Uh, I, I, I mean, Colin Blackwell's a guy I know they wanted to keep, but I think it's two point five you got or whatever it was. But yeah, you're right. Those are the guys that money wise they're not able to retain. And and if you have the Muzzin contract freed up, but again, you know, you've are you going to get another piece at a bargain basement or do, or hypothetically does that does that money go to someone comparable paid in a comparable level but you you want to again yeah it's uh, uh it's hard to fault cap management because what the pandemic did and, and the toronto situation is not unique but when you're just always up against the cap you're fighting a losing battle and you even saw you know rasmus sandin he got basically he acquiesced and took the same money they'd offered forever but you know these guys keep taking these contracts just uh, hey going saying hey we have no money because we paid everybody else 11 and 10 and 8 whatever million so you got to take this and you're going to get a real good chance that's the trade-off and you don't want to you don't want to mess up a year by being a holdout and you're developing they've and they pretty well i'll take in that but you want to be able to keep whether it's camp or whether it might have been a guy like blackwell last year you want to be in a position to offer them the kind of money that you'd be able to keep them so i, I agree with you those are the those are the free agents that aren't, aren't sexy to talk about but are are big parts of teams and and if you get some consistency so they're around for a few years so every year you're not making so many wholesale changes to your third and fourth line we're talking to Gord Stellick, host of leaf nation pre and post uh, right here at uh, sportsnet 590 the fan Shalgren's in tonight. Uh, how important is this start for him? And where would a poor start to his season take the goaltending picture? Well, because the way Samsonov is playing, that that buys you any, again, to use the word desperation. Uh, if he gets hurt, obviously that's a no-brainer. Well, then then you're really in a pickle if Shalgren, you know, can't grab it and run with it. And I, I, I mean, Kippy, this is just what, you know that. You, you're kind of a guy that, that played at that level and then seized your opportunity to play in the NHL. I mean, that's all everybody wants. You got certain individuals, particularly with strong organizations. So I, ne- I never really got a chance, you know, and sometimes they're not wrong. And here you have a chance. And uh, usually it is through injury. And, you know, he just, just, you know, you know, Kippy and Justin, he kind of, you know, I, I thought about this with the team and I guess Shulgren kind of mirrors that a little bit about that 
the team's not compelling right now. And there's no wow factor anymore. The wow factor, you know, when was when the young guys all came and came one year where they had four different guy players were rookie of the month or or three of them were anyway, you know, which had never happened before. Then you get Tavares and you know all that and the sizzle. So there, there's it's funny. I don't know if you call it complacency or what you call it. It's just a it's just kind of a different. They 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 could use a spark or two. You know, they could they could use a Shalgren being like kind of like when Jack Campbell came over. Yeah, okay, great. You know what? This kid's going to play. This kid's going to be a goalie. This you know we're gonna we're gonna have some depth in goal regardless if Matt Murray comes back or not. So to answer your question, it's really important. Like 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 it's really important. This you know the the, 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 the this is not interning okay in Kramerica or something like that or Vandalay Industries okay. I mean I mean I mean this is the NHL. This is showtime. Let let someone stop pucks yeah. and show that as a, a goaltender being developed, he can do it in the Toronto Maple system well, that was part of the fun i think of nick robertson coming up and scoring and getting excited Bingo. it was like someone new someone fun yes. you know we, we absolutely seen what this guy you're can absolutely do. right justin so you're absolutely right Gordon, fans you, love that that's what that's what i'm saying about yeah. you know you, you like you, you want something every year right like just some little new one that's where when i talk about Wi-Fi i'm not saying yeah, i'm not saying right Great yeah point. yeah exactly right? and i'm not saying you can't Jack be successful I. and i still am predicting good things for this team for whatever reason i am but just yeah we're, we're lacking exactly those kind of things you're talking about yeah we should play keith on robertson later do you want to play him now or do you want to keith had some comments on who's playing better without the puck is, is basically all we need to know oh we got gord now yeah let's talk to gord <laughs> i'll skip over that we'll play that later you're, gord, you're more important gord i want to talk about the atlantic division and what your thoughts are on how serious the leafs are currently in sixth five teams are ahead of them in terms of winning percentage how legit are the teams that are ahead of them it's not tampa bay who is actually below them there's Boston, Florida, but there's Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Uh, real, not real? What are your thoughts? Okay, so first of all about Boston, you know, why is this again? Weren't the lease, wasn't the torch supposed to be reluctantly passed from Boston to Toronto, like when they got old? Yes. And now they're older? Like, see the Dallas game, Boston-Dallas game the other night? Okay, Charlie McAvoy's in the broadcast booth for a bit. Brad Marchand's out of the lineup. You know, Vancouver, they're, they're saying, oh my God, we don't have Quinn Hughes, we'll never win. Bruins don't have those guys. And they're going out kicking butt. Connor Clifton creates something different that puts Dallas in a PK situation Boston scores and finds a different way to win, okay? And that's exactly what we need from the Toronto Maple Leafs, okay? Exactly that kind of, you know, that 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 kind of narrative in a particular game with the what the Bruins drummed up there. But anyway, to answer your question, so so the Bruins continue. I don't know if they're a pleasant surprise. They're just the Bruins, right? They're they're just seem to be ageless and they have that it factor. All those teams pull up full. Like, yeah. I mean, Leafs are playing Pacific Division teams. They're terrible. Vancouver's terrible. Anaheim's terrible. San Jose's terrible. Seattle's getting better, but they're still Seattle. All of a sudden, like, I, I don't know, Justin. Like, you know, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal are all intriguing teams. Uh, none of them may make the playoffs. But, you know, I, but... I don't know. It's time that one or two of them look like they're going to challenge. Like the Eastern Conference won't be like last year, where the eight playoff teams were decided after forty games, which I'm glad. But uh, you know, it's the total opposite from the Pacific. It's really intriguing there, and there's just some neat storylines and some good work being done in all these organizations, and it's showing on the ice. And it's uh, like watch Boston. This isn't uh, just their big boys here. While some of them are are getting healthy here, it is. Dare I say it, Lee fans, Nick Foligno, three goals. No, not really. He has three goals. He has been. Yeah. He's much better. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's healthy. <laughs> well, and give it a sec. AJ Greer, three goals. I don't know like, who that is. Think about an Engvall right now or uh, a Malgin with six 
more goals in the Leaf lineup in the last seven games and how the picture sure. could have looked a little different here. But when you got these guys now that weren't really expected, and Greer's been this journeyman who I think was drafted by Colorado and then had maybe a stint in New Jersey, and it's like, what is he? And nobody really knows, and now he's contributing. He is six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds, twenty five years old, and he has five points in six games. College kid, I think, but that's 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 a big difference for Boston. Yeah, that's yeah, what's, and, that's what's and, missing from the Leafs. Well, the bottom. Exa- yeah, and also the bottom does better in Boston because of that structure, right? Because of a certain style of play, because of a team oriented style of play, because of a balanced. You know, they Hold always on, talk you're, about. Are you talking coaching now? They're what, better coached than the Leafs. I, I, uh, I, they've got, they, I, well, I, when you're, I, when you're I, winning, I, the coach gets lots Gord, of credit. Say it. Hey, what Jim Montgomery's doing a good job so far. What do you mean? I'm going to take the, the coaching. What? We're not, what are we, eight or nine games into the season of that? I mean, all the coach right. is trying I different things. I thought you were things. insinuating something, Gord. That's I'm just all. reading Sheldon Keefe's 674 winning percentages and Maple Leafs head coach is the highest in franchise history, regardless of games coached. Yeah. Hey, seems hey, okay. Kid, what, done yeah, lately. Be, what, what happened when he took over, when he took over from Mike Babcock? Uh, he deserves a lot of credit for it because they, they got out of a deep abyss. And, and you know something? You look back and I keep, you know, like, these playoff disappointments, which I don't, okay, you look back at, okay, Jake Gardner's worst game ever, Freddie Anderson's worst game ever, you know, whatever, on and on and on. But I look back and, you know, Mike Babcock was a big factor, but the fact that he played Thomas Placanics more than Austin Matthews. Like, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that hurt the Leafs in seven game series that, you know, the team, was, you know, he was going to show that the team was never going to be bigger than him. And I mean, so that's the point about like a, 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 a big name coach, but yeah, got out coached by Bruce Cassidy big time. Big time in the playoffs against the Boston Bruins. But, hey, Sheldon Keefe knows, like, it, it's showtime again for him. It'll reflect on him and about his reputation as a coach, and and, uh, and we shall see. So, no, there's, there's no criticism from me about Sheldon Keefe. We talked about it last week. I still don't get walking back remarks anymore. If there's guys that get hurt too much because of comments, that's a problem. But we've moved forward. So you got... Babcock, who plays Pekan, it's more than Austin. And now you got Sheldon, who plays uh, Marner 27 minutes the other night. Can't we be like your porridge this morning and just find the right temperature? <laughs> porridge. <laughs> yeah, we could. Is well, porridge just oatmeal? That's a real question. I learned about transistor radios today. Is porridge just oatmeal? <laughs> Is there a difference? You know what? Basically, you're right about that. It's kind of, you know. It's kind of like all those Mexican foods are the same. Like a chimichanga is the same as a taco <laughs> is the you know is a, is the same as a burrito. Really, you kind of go really. So, so yeah. Would, would you would you ever consider giving out um, for Halloween uh, a Dante's Fiesta? <laughs> Like hot peppers and sausage. Yes. Yeah. So, so just, favorite, a, eh? just a fry pan yeah. of sausages at the door. We'd be like ordering, and Gord would like be Dante's Fiesta. Sounds amazing. This thing. I might order that tonight. Oh um, no! Listen, if you're ever going to the chair, this has to be your last <laughs> meal. Yeah, right, you Gord. Would, you know what? It would delay your execution for like three days. You know, so 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 Justin, it goes back to the old Sportsnet days uh, up at uh, when we were at 401 in McCowan, and we ordered food in. And these guys, and it was more Drager yeah. who was with Sportsnet then. Like we ordered from a place called Dante's, and he he, I misunderstood what the fiesta was. So it <laughs> arrived, and it really was a good meal for about eight. Okay, it was. And it was like <laughs> it really was so, a fiesta. And I gave it a really good try, and then I went on air, and it was no fiesta for anyone working with me that particular think, night. Okay, if, <laughs> if, if, if I, I could if barely I, stay awake, and there were a lot of issues. If I. 
if I can remember correctly, you were actually ordering the Dante's Fiesta while you were changing to go on air. And it was a split second where I saw you without a shirt. And then I added a Diet Coke for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this, this is ruthless. Okay. On that note, Gord. Thanks, buddy. I will. I'm going to eat healthy this weekend, okay, guys. So see you, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Talk to you later. Hope you come back, Gord. Love you. I'll see you guys. Thanks, Justin. Oh, God, I love having him on the show. <laughs> you really love busting his balls about that fiesta. No, yeah, he is. He, that's his middle name right now, Dante. You okay, Sammy? Yeah. I just, right. Was it Greek food? Are we going to have this much fun with Brett Hedigan after the break? Probably not. Hey, he's a great guy. But, Are you kidding yeah. me? He has to cover San Jose. How much fun is he going to be? Well, I just want to quickly, Gordo mentioned a couple things there. He's right about the Babcock thing. Which part? With Placanitz, and then in Game 7 against the Bruins, he played Freddie Goche more than Austin Matthews. I don't think that's true. 1,000% true. No way. No, I don't believe that for a second. That's oh, no, there are some wrong. nights where... Don't you remember? Austin played the most Austin shifts. was so pissed that, that uh, Babcock had to fly to Arizona. Was that 20... 20- yeah, yeah, I remember that. Right? 18? They've lost the Bruins so many times the first round. This whole Babcock even... thing is just so, like, now it's like misinformation or disinformation. The game that everyone was so mad Austin didn't play much. He played 19 and a half minutes. They put him out the most shifts to anyone on the team. He was not good, no, which was, is a part there, of it. There was a there was a game where Placanus played more. I believe that. I believe there was that, a game where Placanus played more. That... Freddie Goat never played more than Matt. Okay. Yeah. He did. But I'm just looking it up here for All proof. Right. All they right. lost 7-4 in that go game. Go look it up. We're going to go to break. Hold on a second. Just hold I'm on I'm hungry. <laughs> what <laughs> kind of food is Dante's? I don't even know. Is it a Mexican place? Fiesta? Pizza? No, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's like really spicy and peppery and sausages. And... <laughs> Sounds delicious. Oh, that sounds great. It's really good. I don't I, even know if they're still in business. I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time finding it right now. Do right, well we'll, after we'll the break. break. Yep. We're throwing a break. Yep, good. Okay. More after the break. More Fiesta. How was that? Great. Not a really Let's good just throw. Go. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm not sure if I was paying attention or not before the break, but did Sammy throw out that uh, the goat? I Pierre, uh, Pierre who is it? Listen. I, he was a first, former first rounder, Freddy right? Freddie Goche. Yeah, Freddy. For, uh, they draft him at a Ramuski in yeah. the You had him with more minutes than Austin one one playoff game. Uh, yeah, game seven, which I was just dead no. wrong. No, 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 dead wrong. Yeah, dead wrong. Way wrong. Like just not even <laughs> yeah. close. Uh, one it, thing I love about you, you've never been shy about. You'll admit it. You wear it. Uh, yeah, but this would be a tough one. But yeah, hey, I'd rather be wrong. That was when in have, game seven. It would. <clears throat> you said me. yeah. In Game 7 against the Boston <laughs> yeah. Bruins in the first round of the playoffs in 2019, <coughs> Freddie Goche played 8 minutes and 23 seconds. Austin Matthews played 18.48. I mean, to your point, not enough. Not, but I mean, even enough. Babs tell you, he probably could use a minute and a half more. drinking heavily at that point, though. This is the, this is the one that when uh, in Game 5, Matthews scored to make it um, to make it 2-1. They won that game in Boston to send it back to Toronto for a game six on a afternoon game. It was a 3 o'clock yeah. game. 
and they had a chance. They scored first. Yeah. Uh, Leafs took a couple bad penalties. Bingo, bango, back there. They lost 5-1 in game Kerfoot seven. Kerfoot went back in time to take bad penalties. Anyways. <laughs> not right. to go down memory lane. I got to call Brett. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, so we got Brett heading in coming up. We do. What are we... What are we going to see out of San Jose tonight? I bet you something. There, there's good players on that team. Like, I don't think they're a good team, but there are good players who can do some things. They got Timo Meyer leading the NHL in shots, despite no goals. Logan Couture. New coach in uh, David Quinn. Correct. <laughs> Ex-Leaf uh, Alexander Barabanov on the second line. Nice new jerseys. Yes, they look wonderful. Boy, this lineup's thin, boys. Evgeny Svechnikov, Thomas Hurdle. Eric Carlson, Vlasic, Benning, Raro. Carlson, Carlson seems to be off to a decent start. Three goals and six points. Great. You know. I don't know for the life of me if you had Brent Burns, why you thought Carlson yeah. would come in and with two right-handed shots. I just, I didn't get that at all. If Eric Carlson played for half his contract value, would you want him on the Leafs? All day long. Yeah. Okay. All okay. day Some people are really long. down on the way he plays that, and defends. They're that down that you wouldn't take him at six, six. And a half or whatever. Is he? What's he? He's got a. He's got a ton of years, doesn't he? He's got. Does he three? still have a ton of years? I feel like he's been there for a ton of years. No, but he he re-upped. Uh, Carlson, oh, he does have a ton of years. Yeah, five, four? Five. Five. Oh, boy. This plus four, yeah. All right. Let's, 11 and a half. Let's bring uh, in one of the voices of the San Jose Sharks. He works on NBCSN. Brett Hedigan, how are you, pal? Good, pal. How you doing? We're good. We're good. We're just, yeah. uh, we're asking what kind of San Jose Shark team the Leafs are going to see tonight, and you're the perfect, perfect guy to tell us. Yeah. Um, well, I hope that you see a desperate team, a team that, you know, obviously needs a win. I mean, they're, they've started the season. Uh, I don't need to tell you. I think the walls will be burning down in Toronto if they started off 2-7 and seven like the Sharks. But, um, you know, I think at the beginning of the year, I really looked at the first 20 games as this team needs to take a deep breath, the fan, just to let, let the new management, the new coaching staff, some new players get integrated, the travel schedule of going over to Germany and Prague coming back for a week and then going to New York for a four-game trip, and now they're back finally for, what, a six-game homestand. So there's been a lot of things happening. I wouldn't say they've been uh, good for 60 minutes on maybe any of those nights, although the New York game was probably the best game of the year uh, that they beat the Rangers, which was a heck of a win. Uh, but tonight it's going to take 60 minutes to, to beat Toronto. I mean, obviously a lot of talented uh, players with the, with the Maple Leafs, and the Sharks are still just trying to find their way. How much do you think that initial trip to Prague set them back, hurt them, whatever? I, I don't think personally I would have loved that, trying to get the season off and running and you're, you're overseas and then got to come back and get reacclimated. Yeah, Justin, I think it's probably not the best-case scenario when you're looking at uh, you know six new players that are integrated into the lineup like uh, Svechnikov, Nico Sturm, Oscar Lindblom, Stephen Lawrence, Luke Cunning. Uh, Matt Benning, you know, so they've, they've brought in some more veteran leadership, more veteran guys to kind of shore up that second six, their third and fourth lines. Um, and, you know, trying to go over to Europe and do all of these things in the matter of the first month of the season was tough. I mean, but nobody's going to feel sorry for you. You know, you know, that Kipper, I mean, everybody's got the tough schedule. 
and nobody's going to see, uh, you know, wipe your tears. You have to find a way to, to play better. And I know to a man, the Sharks are expecting uh, to, to play better here tonight. One place that we're accustomed to seeing Eric Carlson is at the top of a team scoring uh, leaderboard, and he's there. How would you assess his start? And Brett, on a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being great and 0 being a disaster, where would you put Carlson and Brent Burns together? Um, you mean it's, as far as if they're on the same team today? Yeah, no, yeah, like well, just, 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 just uh, the the decision to pair them together to to trade for Carlson. I, I didn't like it from the get-go. I saw two alpha dogs, two right-handed shots, two guys that are supposed to be leaders on a blue line. I never, I never liked the mix to begin with, and I, I think I was proven correct. But I want to get your thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, Eric Carlson, you know, back in Ottawa before maybe his Achilles injury, I mean, he made one of the most dominant defensemen that I'd seen in a long time. I mean, he just, he could control the game. He could make plays, and he still makes plays, Skipper, out of his own zone that I don't see anybody in the league do. I mean, there's a, you know, Fox maybe from New York has found a way to really navigate out of the defensive zone under pressure, like just maybe a look here, a look there, and he's he opens up a lot more space for himself because of the patience. Um, Carlson's got that same kind of fuse where he doesn't panic. Uh, when it comes to Bernsey and him, you're right. Two guys that uh, both alpha guys in that locker room and, and both want equal amount of time on the power play. They both want equal amount of time uh, for, for minutes throughout the course of the game. And that's hard to kind of, you know, manage both those guys on the, on the same team. And if you're looking at Sharks management, looking for somebody that they can unload to try to start bringing more, you know, stock the shelves, you know, moving a guy like Brent Burns, it's just, you're not going to be able to move Eric Carlson's contract. It's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, for Carlson on a scale of one to 10, I'd say he's, he's better this year. He looks more healthy. Um, he lives on the edge of his sword sometimes like the other night against Vegas. I mean, it's a two, two game. You don't have to run at, at William Carlson at the red line. Like let him come down on a two on two. You, you push him to the outside and the play is over. He takes a charge at the guy at the face-off dot and at the red line, and, and he, he almost baited him. William Carlson looked like he was going to go a little bit to the right, made a move and cut back to the left, and he was in on a breakaway and scores. And just like that, you're down 3-2, you know, with 10 minutes to go in the third, and, and basically Vegas took over the game. And for me, Eric Carlson can't make that play. He's too smart a player. He's too good a player. Um, let the Sharks continue to try to win 3-2 and, and get a bounce at the end of the game and, and you win the hockey game. But that's where I think Eric Carlson has to be better. For this team, he can't take those chances. He's got to find a way to play more consistent. Uh, he has played more consistent. It's just right now he's still taking a few of those risks that have cost the team some points. So, Brett, we don't get to see the teams uh, on the West Coast a ton. Haven't seen a lot of the Sharks this season. And, and I love getting to talk to people who watch a team night in, night out. Um, you know, I'm looking for some bright spots in the Sharks to watch for tonight. Is there anything that this team does particularly well that you think is something for them to build on? Yeah, you know, Nico Sturm, for me, winning the Stanley Cup last year in Colorado. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. He's got four goals. But, you guys, he's done so many good things away from the puck. There was the goal that he scored last game. If you can go back and watch it, there was a 50-50 puck that a lot of guys would have just said, I'm not going to reach it. I'm not going to get to that loose puck. And he went over and got it, kept it in the offensive zone, eventually cashes in on a nice tip. I mean, he's been a real bright spot. I think Evgeny Svechnikov, uh, for me, has been a guy that I'm, I'm really impressed with as well. 
you know, he's 210 pounds and, you know, he's been getting in there. He's been making some things happen. He's got four points on the season in his eight games. You know, those two guys uh, have been the brightest spots along with James Reimer again for me. Uh, Reimer has given his, you know, the Sharks a chance to win every night. And that's, that's all you ask from a goaltender to steal a bunch when you need it. When you need a save, have your goaltender come up large. And, and Reimer's been that guy for him. We're talking about some uh, snake bit stars on teams and uh, here it's Austin Matthews and uh, Mitch Marner I think one goal apiece uh, I'm looking down the list here I see Hurdle uh, with one goal Timo Meyer zero I mean how frustrated are these guys yeah it's at a high level I mean Timo Meyer scored 35 goals last year career high for him and point seventy six. Uh, Tomas Hurdle signs a big contract you know maybe feeling a little bit of pressure there but kind of along the lines that nobody's going to feel sorry for you on the travel. I mean, you're Tomas Hurdle. You sign a big contract. you got to find a way to perform. I mean, that's just simple as that. And he's been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Um, Timo Meyer, um, not really getting inside, not being physical enough. I thought part of that Vegas game, he finally started hitting guys. And his game seems to be sparked from the physical side of his game. If he's hitting guys and aggravating people, it just seems to spark the rest of his game. So maybe him doing a little bit of that in that Vegas game will get him going for tonight, and he can you know, put that goose egg behind him because no goals for Timo uh, is killing this team. It just seems like that team in general is too talented to end up as a basement team, but obviously the record is what it is right now. Do you see them saying, hey, boy, this Connor Bedard kid is pretty good and never turning to that direction on the season, or is there just too much to play for with the, the, the contracts and talent they have? Uh, yeah, I, that's, you know, I just, I think I was asked that question today earlier, just about, you know, a team tank and to go for the number one draft choice. And, you know, for me, I, I know I'm probably ignorant for saying it, but I, I, I'd have a hard time playing for an organization that's going to tank. Yeah. I, I really would. I, I don't, I don't think it's healthy. It hurts me into my chest. That's how bad I feel about it. Um, so, you know, I think for this team, there's, they want to keep working at what they have. They want to see the guys that they've signed for long-term deals play better. Um, they want to, you know, start to integrate these new players and try to find out what exactly they have that they can now either move forward with or start moving away from. And I know, you know, their management um, and the and the guys, you know, their, their coaching staff. And you look at uh, Mike Greer; he's at every practice, he's at, at at every road trip, he's there watching. I think, you know, David Quinn, the new coach, has done. He's saying the right things too. He's expecting and demanding more from players. Um, so I think this team is, is going to make some shifts. They, they're going to start shifting away from guys that don't want to work. And I think Bedard down the road is something that, uh, you know, if it comes about, it comes about. But I, I don't see this team tanking any way. No way. Hey, Brett, I plan on staying up late tonight and watching this game here on the east side. Uh, but is there any chance you can like get them to drop the puck a little earlier there tonight, uh, like 630 <laughs> Pacific time at all? Is there a chance for that? <laughs> Just in case my yeah, eyelids to. get a little heavy. I know. 7 o'clock would be best, right? Or even what's the deal? Like you said. But, Is it traffic? Oh, what, what's the deal? Yeah, I think it's traffic. It's just that whole Bay Area, you know, in particular San Jose. You know, they got Google down there. and um, Google. It's, just, it's always think, Google. Yeah. Those, it's always Google, right? Those are the ones that are messing everything up. But, in, uh, in all seriousness, uh, how is that market right now with the struggles of San Jose when they've been used to like the, all those glory years of a Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, uh, Brett Burns in his heyday? Like, how, how's that going over right now? 
Yeah, last I think this week we had that earlier game, and there was the the crowd wasn't great. Um, I'm hoping tonight, clearly with the Toronto Maple Leafs in the building, and then Tampa on on the next game uh, is going to be good. But you're, you're right; they're they're used to uh, the fans uh, or the team playing at a high level. Um, I think they just want to see effort, and they want to see the team in games. And I and I think if they can give that effort, they're going to be fine. The fans will start to come back, but. Um, they, they're, they're a little testy right now, without question. They're expecting more. Brett, have a great call tonight. We really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Kipper. See you, Justin. See you guys. Thanks, thanks for Brett Hedekin. Now, there's a guy that was hard to play against. Sign him up. Great Vancouver Canuck. Once upon a time. As someone growing up in BC. See, yeah, that, that's a market that... I'm not going to say it was spoiled for a long time, but year after year, you always said Sharks, yeah. Western Conference, you talk about They got picked teams, to win the Cup over teams, and over and over again. Always in the mix. Yeah. And not so much anymore. No. I mean, when they had sort of the perfect mix of, like, the older guys, Thornton, Marlowe doing their thing, and then Couture and Pavelski kind of coming up to support them. What year were... did they go to the final against Pittsburgh, right? They lost to yes. Pittsburgh? Yes, so that would have been 16. 16. Was it the first year? Or 17, one of the and you think And you think about them, the reverse sweep. I remember they were up, they were one of their best years. They had their best year and they were playing, wasn't it they playing the Kings as the eight seed? Or the seven yes. seed? And they went up three nothing in the first round. And the Kings came back and beat them in the first round. Logan Couture is a hell of a player too. And, yes. Uh, you know, two goals in nine games. Who? Mm. Oh, uh. Ooh, you better come in with some hard facts there, Derek, if you're going <laughs> to pipe in like that, buddy. I don't what, remember. What, give us something here. I don't remember how Couture ended up there. Let's look this up. Um, Where do you want to go? Are we going to talk Boston? Are we going to go back and talk Boston? Because uh, there's a certain player that can get under your skin hmm. and maybe one of the best modern-day rats in the league – Gets is heart coming back votes. way quicker than that Christmas target. And we're talking Brad Marchand. Yeah. We have a comment from Brad Marchand on that, do we not? We do. Let's listen to Brad Marchand. As soon as they, it came up that I was going to have a surgery, and they told me it was going to be kind of end of November, um, I was like, it's not going to be end of November. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we're going to see what we can do. And ah, They were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you dummies. I know more than you. Do you hear him laugh? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that he's not going to play the back-to-backs. Like, for the, how long is he not doing that? I, it's going to be tough to hold him out, I would imagine. Right. He's like, but I he'll be held out of Friday's game despite playing tonight. He's unlikely to appear in both uh, games of a back-to-back uh, in set early stages of his recovery. You know, how much do you think doctors set the timelines favorably for themselves they make it look long right over promise and under no under promise and over deliver i think there's i think there's still there it is very nice (laughs) logan couture was picked by the san jose sharks because of the leafs vesta toscola trade wow well done, Derek. I'm sure there are people listening who knew I'm that. So they were looking, like, you, Why don't... looking at you at a, in a different light right now. <laughs> How did you Can look at him? I before? just thought you pushed buttons back there, but <laughs> but you actually have some. I got knowledge. a brain. Listen, he's I not got a Leafs brain. Guy. 
Tell you what you're really good at. I'm like a 10-year-older version of Sam. <laughs> but, it was farther back. But with better snacks. <laughs> oh, my God. There I also remember a, that a, I got bad tarts were. at Christmas. What a gift. Yes. How are those coming along? <laughs> Still working on them. Is that a request? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next week. Okay. All right. Yes, yes, good, yes. No, that's a good pickup right there. I'll give you a lot of credit. Uh, just to kind of revisit maybe a bit of a theme today, uh, and it started with Engvall, those Boston Bruins. Sammy. Yes. But see, I remember when you heard, I, re- I remember when we heard Bergeron coming back and you were like pissed. You know why you were go pissed? Away, Patrice. Because they won't, the Boston Bruins will not go away. They won't turn themselves into the San Jose Sharks. They won't. And they brought back another guy who used to play for them, and he played in Czech Republic for, or Czechia, as it's called now, right? You're supposed to say Czechia, is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah, uh, and he went over to Czechia and lit it up there and then comes back and looks like he never left. And they haven't had Brad Marchand or Charlie McAvoy, and they are 6-1 and one or 5-1. and one. And the underlying metrics are great. They, they look good in basically hey. all facets. So they just, it's just a different philosophy for what they target in the bottom half of their lineup, right? It, we talk about guys that are mean, guys that are mad, Listen, guys that are pissed off all the time. They're, they're, it just seems like they're they leave the league and being pissed off. It's well, the, uh, Pavel Zach is not where that. they lead the league is hard players to play against. Craig Smith is a great example of someone who can shoot it in the net, but he's tough to play against. Like he does other things too. But they're stars. Felina. Pasternak yeah. is hard to play against. That guy is leaning on you. He is bumping you. He's he is skilled. Bergeron is the ultimate tough without being tough player to me. He plays tough. Pasternak is is skilled out of the yin yang, but the guy plays hard every night. Might not bounce for him. And the other guy, and Gord Stellick mentioned him, is this Connor Clifton. Did you watch him last night? No. Oh my god, he was like this smoke machine. I watch Rangers. He Islanders. just, he, he is the perfect guy where you go. Okay, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I want to play against that guy. Really? Yes. Connor Clifton. Who did he smoke last night? He smoked somebody along the he wall. Smoked, uh, against Dallas, right? It was he. That was two nights ago, and he smoked uh, their player with the funny name, like their best guy. What's the hell's name? Uh, Rupe Hints. Rupe Hints. Like was smoked. on the ice going. Player with uh, a funny I, name, I, like their I best need, guy. I need what? the license plate of that guy, right? Yeah. And there's a guy who took full advantage of uh, uh, McAvoy. Char- McAvoy being out of the lineup. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Totally saw an opportunity and said, "Hey." I'm going all Abushkin here. Thing is, I don't get this with this team because Jake DeBrusque isn't this guy. Taylor no, Hall's no, not no, this no. guy. You're, Zach look, is not this guy. We're just talking about DeBrusque driving, driving uh, uh, Kadri nuts and got him traded. Yeah, no, he's got, he is. Okay, he, okay, okay. You're right. I'll give you, I'll give you DeBrusque. Hey, and I'll tell you where DeBrusque. No I'll, I'll tell you where DeBrusque is the best at the playoffs. Yeah. Right. That's when he shows up, and that's when you you see that that. He can get under people's skin. How about how the the bar moved on what expectations are for Taylor Hall? Like he was, he won the Hart Trophy, what, five years ago? And now it's like, yeah, he's going to be a second line guy who gets 50, 60 points. But Taylor Hall was that guy where you're like, 
he he won't win another one the rest of his career. It was a career year. He robbed Nathan McKinnon. A career year, and everything went right. Uh, but you knew he was not. Mil. He's not going to be that guy that challenges every year. He is in a perfect spot. Oh, in last Boston. year he scored twenty goals in eighty-one games, sixty points. See you later. Second line, no and, questions asked. And every time he's on the ice, he's a threat to break one open. Yeah, he is his speed and his ability to cut in. Yeah, really good. So well, all of a sudden now Boston's great. I still don't see Boston as. No, I see Boston as won't go away. What's interesting is the way this looks. Boys, Tampa looks awful. And again, not to be the analytics guy, but like everything about what they're doing looks really bad. They're giving up tons of chances, tons of shots against dangerous shots. Their defense without McDonough and Ruda is significantly worse. So, you know, they're only 3-4-0 or whatever they are right now. But like, I'm telling you, Tampa Bay, I know Kipper, you and I picked them seven games ago to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, we did. We were dumb. We are dummies. No, I'm not. I won't. Uh... I won't bail just yet. You're but not repenting on that. I, one I don't yet? think. I don't think with that type of character and what we've seen, too much talent, too much talent, too much heart, too much character. Yes. Are you going to write that those guys off? I'm not going to write them off, but they are going to be playing the one seed if they get in playoffs, or the two seed, or something like that. Like I don't think this team's going to go on some sort of regular season run. I realistically, I mean, I still think the Leafs are the best team in the division. Uh, Boston could be. I Florida, just, I don't but, like, but, but, but they've been fine. But for seven games, we've seen no signs of that. Would you agree? From the Leafs. Yes. Overall. Not, you know, but they, you know, they handle Dallas and they handle Winnipeg. And we just go, ah, Winnipeg stinks. Ah, Dallas. Are they down 2-1 against Dallas? All right, well, they, they won the game. Okay. Yeah. But no. But they I, handled them? Okay. Well, maybe it wasn't easily. But <laughs> Dallas is a good hockey out. team. They always shot him by a bunch. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, you know, like Pro- we, probably we, their we, best we, effort. We, though. we tend to write off these good games by the Leafs because of expectations. We expect them to be very good, and then they tank it, and we're like, you know, we tear them on the radio for four days. But it's still a good team that you know can hang with good teams. Mm. But it's clear wow, between hesitation from behind the glass. I, I just, I want to see what it looks like tonight. The bottom six. With them doing the little shuffle. You know what's going to happen, though? They're going to play well. Against the Kipper's going to text us the San Jose sucks. We're gonna, and we're going to learn nothing. <laughs> we're going to get the text around <laughs> 11.48. San Jose is bad, boy. It is, it, is, uh, it is a factor, though. It is for sure. For sure, opposition it is. matters. It's not just, I'm, not, I'm not talking about a, a team that should be good that no. will be bad. They should be bad, but they should be prepared yes. to play as well as they can for a bad team. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough to learn things about the Leafs when they're going up against teams you expect them to beat. And their next stretch of games is against that kind of thing. Their next real opponent would be, I guess, oof, boy. November 5th against Boston. They go they're versus, against Boston See, in Toronto, and then they go on the road to Carolina as a back-to-back. Woof. And that's November 5th. But they play Philly when they come back from the road trip. So Sharks, Kings, Ducks, Flyers. Come yeah, out. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Toronto beat Boston handily that night. Honestly. I don't know why I think of that, but I, I do. I think that might be. Because it's a good team the, the, that gets up for good opponents. And, and the emotion of, yes, of the, the Bruins. Of the Bruins. playing a bunch of dogs. Now it's Boston. Yes. Right. But that to me is a sign that there's a team there that we think that, you know, when they need to turn it on, they can. Yeah, you think that gear's there. I am. I, here's what I want to see in California from the Leafs. Goals. I want to see them score. 
I want to see that that offense is still there because for years that's been the thing we've said that defines the Leafs. High octane, they can blow it open, they can break, you know, score, score, score. Okay, well, if that's not there, what are they? So we need to see that against teams that give up chances. That suck. Huh? That suck. They suck. Yes, they suck. Um, can we get? Can we do a goalie controversy in Edmonton? Yes, we can. Are you uh, ready to go there? I'm ready to go there. You ready to talk about Stuart Skinner? I did Skinner watch. And- uh, I did watch uh, a good portion of that game, and uh, Skinner's a good goalie. He's big. Type big. of guy you think, boy, this guy could be our starter the next five years. <laughs> belongs to Jack. So I'm going to talk on the television tonight. My opening bit is going to be on Jack Campbell and how he hasn't played well in his career in goalie controversies. Has he? Um, Skinner plays well last night, and now it's a goaltending controversy. Thrusting him right in there. Skinner Not was good chance. last year. He was a 9-13 last year. He should have been their guy. should have been playing more for him last year. I've been hate watching the Edmonton Oilers a lot this year, boys. Whenever they're on late. Good hockey team. They're a good team. Great forward depth. Tons of good forwards. Don't like that decor as much. So, But to me, from what I've seen from the two goalies, is that Stuart Skinner looks like a better goalie than Jack Campbell. I, I, don't that, I, don't know, I don't know if I don't know if that's a crazy hot take. I know there's probably... It's a pretty To me, just, he looks more like a big NHL twenty. So it kind of reminds me of a conversation that, that I've I not... Said? I, that I never oh. brought... Okay. Sorry? I thought you were going to say something dumb that I said. No, before. no, no, no. I'm okay with what you're saying, but it does remind me of a conversation that I had with somebody off air, and I never said it publicly. And But I had mentioned to somebody that would it have been the worst thing in the world if the Leafs didn't commit to Matt Murray and they at least started the season with Samsonov and Shalgren. And lo and behold, that's where they are right now. Yeah. Hmm. And if there was no signs that Samsonov could get the job done, would there have been enough time to at least find an alternative or maybe not? But... Where would they be if they had that, what, four, six, four, eight million dollars yeah. in the off season? Yeah. Everything's about off season because you have a better chance to come into training camp with more depth. Yeah. Not necessarily use it now because even if you have cash, and we know they have cash, they've got five, six mm-hmm. from uh, Muzzin. Yeah. But you can't spend it now. Nobody's really shopping anybody and everybody's waiting. I always felt like with the Leafs goalie situation, they got the guys they thought were the best of who was available, but that the intention was to keep an eye out there. That's what Samson- he was in too. He was the best guy available, and they needed so, a goalie. And they, yeah, but they and gave him the three years. Samsonov was a one-year. Was he 1.8? Just to bring it full circle for you, for Edmonton, I mean, could they have, could they have gone with Skinner to start in the first two weeks just to see what maybe he is? But it's... Maybe I think- he is a... I an think up and comer. More, more perception. It's a gamble, right? It's a think, huge gamble. Well, you you talk about how hard it is being a goalie at the NHL level and what the mental grind of it is. 
it's a completely different scenario for Stuart Skinner going in there every third right. night. Right. Now you're being the, the backup goalie. Yeah. You no, know? that's and fair. Then, and then going in and being like starting the season yeah. and be like, you're the starting goalie for the Edmonton Oilers who has cup aspirations. It's a completely different thing. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah. You but, got me on that one. Well, no. No, it's, you but, do. You do. Like, but you, you know what? You're right. They, they, they have to win now. The Leafs have to win now. What kind of message are you sending if you're going to hang your hat on a guy that uh, has no reputation? I actually him? feel like, though, it is. It's a gamble. It's a huge gamble. Goaltending now more than ever. I don't know that there's a position in any sport where analysts of the sport are worse at figuring out who's any good. Like, looking at the number one guys by save percentage in the NHL right now, I'll just read you a few names. Allmark, Ottinger, Hart, Carter Hart, uh, Samsonov, Jari, uh, Gorg- Gorgiev, Markstrom, Alex Stalock, Bennington, Aiden Hill. Like, eh. What? I know. I know. Who? Like, you know, it's not, oh, it's, you know, Ranford, Waugh, uh, Brodeur, Hasek. Like, it's, I don't know. And no one seems to know. How is that possible that no one knows? Where's uh, Shesterkin's start? I mean. He's right there. He's 9-16, 12th. Him and Hellebuck and are right there. He is Freddie Anderson's the guy regarded as right underneath Where's Vasilevsky. Where is Vasilevsky? What's he doing? Right. He's 25th at a 914. 914, take that. League average this year, like 903 or something. Like, save percentage for the league is way down. And what's, uh, you have Samson off in front of you? I what? do. He's fourth in the NHL, 932. 932, wow. <clears throat> so, we are in an era where the the only ask is make the saves that you're supposed to make. Yeah. And w- where are you going to ever truly commit to... Uh, to seven or eight years and $80 million to a goalie ever again. It just seems insane, doesn't it? So where's uh, Ottinger now? Where's his Dallas start? He's he's real he's, good. He's considered one of the best. Uh, 9.53. Next, next star goalie. Yeah, he's been And they love him in Dallas, so. If the season ends today, you probably give him the Hart Trophy. Just looking at the numbers. <laughs> 9.53, five, five starts, four wins, one loss. And Spencer one forty-one. How many stars has he had? That guy, that guy, that guy got a better contract than Ottinger after Ottinger stood on his head in the playoffs. He's got two starts and nine oh six. Both wins though. Yeah. That, that one ticked off a lot of general managers, eh? The night contract. Yeah. Why is that? Well, what has he done that he's Why got you four him? or five? And starts all, next year, right? All, all, yeah. And all I got is uh, just drives. He had no comparables. Why just? Hand him over that money. Why it not, why not yeah. fight him a little bit to right. keep that number down? How long is Bobrovsky? Because it's all about comparables, right? A long time. That's what these guys do. Right. They just say they, they come in with their comparables. After a few years, you're eligible for ARB. So yeah. Bobrovsky makes $10 million flat until 25, 26. So they're going to be paying their goaltending duo $14.5 million for... Three seasons? And how much better do you think their combined save percentage is going to be than league average? Any? It's crazy. So you it's, it's like, I understand why Dubis has kind of tried to go against like, the running. It's, I always compare it to the running back thing. The zag where, you know, yeah. it's just whoever you put back there, if your defense is good enough, if your O-line's good enough or whatever, yeah, there's you're going to find it at that level. They'll, find, yeah, they'll stop it if it's. But when it comes to, you know what, cutting time. It's always the goal. To, it's Vasilevsky, right? It's yeah. 
uh, Colorado, I guess, maybe is a little bit different with Kemper, but uh, he was pretty good. They had the, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. You go back over the goalies who've won cups recently, uh, Braden Holtby, uh, Jordan Bennington, Darcy Kemper. You know, this is, I understand Vasilevsky's been in Vasilevsky there. a few times, yeah. You, you know, you're not going to lose the cup because your goalie's the best in the league, but the point is you don't have to have the best goalie in the league to get there. The, the Carter cup. Hart, 4-0. Oh. Yeah. 175 goals against average. That's... <laughs> that's why Torch is looking so good. Well, <laughs> right? You find a coach who wins a Jack Adams, check his team, his goalie save yeah. percentage, and find the guys who get fired and check their goalie save yes. percentage. Yeah, you get saves. It's it very tightly tied together, the correlation. Mm-hmm. Freddie Anderson. They, I, they've got their goals against average down in Carolina. It was... You like them? Carolina? I love Carolina, yeah. 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 They do look good. It's funny, though. You talk about Freddie Anderson and... We used to wise to whine about him in the playoffs all the time and how he didn't play big in big games. But it was nice there for the four years where he just knew he was playing net. Yeah. Oh, it's a total privilege to have right? a, like a, a workhorse situation goalie. where you're like, yeah, the guy's going to play yeah, oh, 58 ba- times, 60 back times. Back to back, yeah. McElhaney's going in there. But other than that, it's Freddie. He's yeah. starting, it's Freddie. And I, we would have a lot less to talk about if that was the scenario. <laughs> Darcy Kemper, Stanley Cup champion. Big free agent signing in Washington. Save percentage of under 900. Ooh. Yeah, that's not helpful when you bank on that. And the other guy, Charlie Lindgren, that they got there as the backups, played twice. He's a 925. He's been real good for them. So you worry after you can commit the money, and then the guy, the other guy looks better. Like So before uh, we completely go away from goalies, the Campbell thing. I, I'm not crazy that he has historically struggled in competition, right? Like, when Freddie was healthy here, he was at his worst. When Freddie was hurt and he was comfortable, he was the guy. In L.A., when it was Jonathan Quick, when it was kind of a battle, he wasn't his best. He's when Quick was hurt, he was le- the guy. Yeah, he's only been a legitimate starter last year was his first real yeah. crack at the can here. So Well, he's had really... lots of runs prior, right, because he was a high draft pick. Yeah. And it was because of competition? I don't know. In junior? I forget who we, we, we had people on that were telling us about that. Some goalies. I don't know. <laughs> goalies. Talk to him every day. Okay. One more comment uh, on goalies before we uh, leave. Marc-Andre Fleury's little promo with all the flowers oh, on his stall. God. Hilarious. <laughs> I loved it, too. I'm glad I did not see that reaction coming from you, though. No, hilarious. Yeah, it's great. And then they have a guy who doesn't speak great English say some not great English. Freddie. The best. That's I, why I don't, your gear I, I, always. I don't know who. There, good. there was a team. Rec- I should have got yeah. that. If you wanted to play it, we could have played it, Kip. I should have got it. We'll find it. We still got time. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> the teams go into this. No, Derek's on a hot streak right now. <laughs> He's pulling out uh, uh, history. Best of Toscala interviews coming up. So uh, the the best uh, tagline off of that was your your equipment smells great. Yeah. That's why your equipment He's smells so good. Is he playing well for them? No. I mean, talk Sammy, about taking risks. You must have the worst smelling bag ever, for Sammy sure. Sammy played hockey today, by the way. Why? This guy. I just picture you with no. a really smelly bag. That's a clip right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hockey bag. Hockey bag. Oh, oh my God. I actually, I'm, I'm done now. I will say. I will how say. Do, how the Kipper and Boy show end? I do. I air my gear all the time. I air it out. I'll clean it. I put it through the washing machine. I, I don't you got spray. I don't have stinky gear. I have some guys that I've played with over the years that are just 
wretched. <laughs> I gotta tell you, walk in the it room. Is, it's, it's like I haven't played disgusting. hockey in three years. I'm concerned with like the crustiness of like trying to put that equipment on someday. What's going to become of it? It's well, going to fall apart. You haven't aired it out. Well, it's been in a shed. No, I haven't. Is the our, answer? Our trainers in Washington would fight. I'd hear them arguing. It'd be like 3 a.m. We're yeah, off you're back from a trip. trip, and they're arguing who had to unpack Ally Afraidy's hockey bag because <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing but that hockey stench and cigarette smoke buried <laughs> in his equipment. Because this guy was darting after every intermission. Yeah, really? Yes. Oh boy, uh, that's incredible. I listen. I I have a pretty clean hockey bag. Mine's very nice. I'll even throw a little bounty sheet in there once in a while. It is the highlight of professional hockey and, you know, having you walking into... What are you, are you off the cliff? Yeah, let's go. Flower. Here's unbelievable. No wonder why your gear smells so good. That's <laughs> <laughs> the flower. He's crawling out of flowers. Oh, I love that guy. Well... What's he at? 430 goals against average. <laughs> Too far down the list for me to get to. That would have been good in the QMJHL. 869 save percentage. Yeah. Some work to do in Minnesota. Okay. Everybody on the East Coast, drink lots of coffee tonight. 1030 Eastern start. That's Toronto and San Jose. Our thanks, JB. Thank you. Sammy, Derek, and Jen. Always a pleasure. Most of all, all of you watching and listening. We're back tomorrow. To recap, Leafs in San Jose. Have a great night, everybody.